Hi, I'm Curious Cass, and this is Curiosity Junkie. Today's guest is the author of 28, The Age of Power. It's an inspirational and true story written by Fabienne Sandoval. Hi, Fabienne. Welcome. Hey, Cassie. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited that we connected through Insight Timer and that I have an opportunity to sit down and chat with you. You have a book out. I know you do some recordings on Insight Timer because that's how I found you. And actually, it was your course on how, is it How to Find Love? Learning How to Love. Learning How to Love. Yes. I think I'm on like day four of that right now. Uh, but I wanted to reach out and kind of pick your brain and just share what, what you've been through. So tell me a little bit about your journey to getting to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Oh my goodness. It's been a crazy journey. Like when you talk to me and say like, oh yeah, because you have a book and a course and a this, and I'm like, oh yeah, I get to be that version of myself now. Like, thank <laughs> God, thank God. <laughs> she was in the works for a while. So like, we're, we're really happy that we're here. <laughs> you're good, you're good. Um, yeah, so I mean, my journey is like, um, I think it's probably not too different to what a lot of people kind of go through in their lives. I was in a corporate background. I was working a nine to five job. And, you know, I got to a certain point in my life where I just didn't feel like that fit me anymore. Like, I had had a great time there. I had learned a lot while I was there, but it, it didn't feel like me. I didn't feel like I was living out my life to the, to the fullest expression of what it could be lived. I felt like I was very kind of caged there. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up finding a, having kind of, it, it came upon me as it does with teachers that this kind of person just entered my life and started to share with me different teachings, different things about meditation, different things about health, um, and give me a lot of insights and create a lot of awareness for me. And from that, really, it was like, I suddenly realized, okay, yeah, I can't do this corporate job anymore. I need to be doing the things that I'm passionate about. And ultimately, that was helping other people. And really talking, like, I love to talk. It's one of my favorite things. (laughs) So I'm so grateful I'm on this podcast. (laughs) Um, and, um, yeah, ultimately the journey was just, you know, kind of a spiritual awakening, if you will. And, um, from there on, I just was kind of putting every intention and every bit of energy and effort I had into how can I, how can I create that vision of who do I want to be? What does it look like? And how do I create that day by day? And it started with a book and then I was doing coaching and, um, and then insight timer and then teaching about love. And, um, now primarily I'm, I'm a self-worth coach for women. Um, but men are included also. That's kind of what it says for marketing purposes, but I get men plenty of time. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, really working on kind of, love, abandonment, wounds, um, and self-worth, ultimately. I don't care who you are. You have some wounds that need to be healed. We all have them. It's part of our story and our past. And I think that becoming awake or becoming aware for me was realizing that that is what was still triggering my reactions. It was causing me to have specific reactions, which kept me in a cyclical cycle of not where I wanted to be, the wrong people coming into my life. (laughs) Yes. 
So is your book about the the self-worth and, and healing the abandonment and the, the issues that we kind of carry from childhood? No, that's what my second book that I'm working on right now is about, which will be called The Age of Love. So um with with so the first book is uh, 28 the age of power and that's really about my awakening that's uh the storyline of uh, you know me and my teacher of what he shared to me of changing my health so i became i became vegan um i you know was you know okay i don't think i want to be doing this job anymore i started to understand what my purpose was so the first book is really about power purpose health um, and that kind of spiritual awakening and what happened to me um, and it's my true story like it's real you know so everything in there is is totally real and it's it's very vulnerable to put yourself out there like that but I know for many people that read it they can really resonate with it and that was my intention that it was a short read it wasn't going to be you know really difficult really complex it was just going to be truth um, and so I think a lot of people can resonate with that when someone's just like here's my truth yes Yes. And I love that you had your awakening at such a young age because I was, I'm 58 now. I was early fifties, like 50, 51 when I started to question and about 53, four, when teachers started showing up in my life and I, I didn't realize what was happening or what it was, what it really was until I read a specific book. It was uh, Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of like, boom, opened me up to a whole different world. And I, as I'm in it now and, and loving my life, I go, wow, what if this had happened when I was younger? I wouldn't have been ready. I mean, obviously it happens for a reason when it happens. We come to this when we come to it. But I go, oh, man, I so want to turn my kids on to it. They're 27, well, about to be 27 and 30. And so I go, yes, that you come to it at a young age, I think is really important. And I, I also feel like there's a shift happening in, in more people really questioning and becoming, you know, we use awake a lot, but maybe just aware, self-aware is a great word. Yeah. 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 It's fascinating. Absolutely. I love too, that when you started out, you did the vegan thing and you you really just started taking a look at your life and what direction you wanted it to go. I did almost the exact same thing. I did vegan. I gave up alcohol. I went celibate for a year. Just It was a way for me to show myself love. I needed to show that I could be there for me and make a commitment to take care of me. Mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about that whole process for you like what what was that like oh my gosh well I actually think it's a really scary process like when you're going through it you're like what the heck is going on how did I not realize all of these things about our world how did I not how was I not aware you know just aware of what was happening like why didn't I ever look at things before why didn't I ever question things before um and I think it's really interesting especially with your timing of your um kind of awakening so what I write about in my book is um Saturn's return and I don't know if you've ever heard of that before no okay so Saturn's return is something that comes around um so Saturn will be when you're born it will be in a certain point in your birth chart 
right? And then every 28 to 30 years, Saturn comes back around and enters into your chart. So that's why for me, the book was 28. My awakening was at 28 around that sort of time. And that's why a lot of people kind of younger people, you know, they're in a space where as they're hitting that 30 birthday, they're like, oh my God, what's happening with my life? Like I should settle down or I should break up or I should do this or I should do that. It's because it's driven by Saturn. Um, and so the interesting thing is you said that you got yours at late in a later stage of life. If you actually think back to your 28th, 30th birthday, probably something dramatic was happening to you around that time, but maybe you just didn't know it. Uh, But because you've said your more recent timing, that would actually link in with the next set of 28 years, right? Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you're more than likely in your second Saturn's return. Right. Oh, that's fascinating. And when you, when I was, discovering that your book was called 28. I even, I think when I sent you the invite, I was like, 28 was my favorite year. Like when somebody says, what, what's your favorite age? I'm like 28. I was getting married. I was thinking, you know, buying a house. Like it was just a huge pivotal year for me. So yeah, fascinating that you just said that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's always funny because people usually go, oh, 28. Yeah. I don't know about that. And then I say, well, what happened in your life at 28? And then people go, oh my God. Yeah. You know, I have moved countries or I got married or I had my first child or like something really kind of big is happening in their life. And actually for me, the way I learned about this um, was through my mom. So she never knew like astrologically why this was happening but she always kept holding on to this idea of when you turn 28 you know who you are and she would always say to me when you're 28 you just know who you are it's just this powerful year like it's a magical year you're gonna you're gonna have a great time and I would be like okay mom like thanks (laughs) Um, and when I turned 28 I was like hey this is not magical this is hard work (laughs) (laughs) I loved it because I was learning who I was. I was learning what, what what was important to me and what I cared about and who I wanted to be in this world. Um, but also it was it was scary and it can be a little dark sometimes because you're starting to come, you know, come face to face with who you are, the light and the dark and everything in between and um, and and your whole entire world's existence. The, you know, you'd mentioned before friendships, right? Jobs literally everything that's in your life can potentially during that time completely transform. So it can be scary because you're like, wow, like the rug is being pulled from under me and nothing feels very stable or secure during that time. Um, But it is magical and it is a worthy time. And yeah, I absolutely, I love it. And like, I can only look back and think like, oh my gosh, that was a great time of my life. Absolutely. It's, It's just interesting. You have no idea what's happening to you when it's happening. And the thing that kind of resonates with me is that we're taught to believe these specific beliefs as we're growing up. And I Mm -hmm. think when this dark shift starts to happen, that's when you start questioning everything and you kind of open up to just because, and I love this quote by Thich Nhat Hanh. I'm not sure I pronounced it right. He's a, a Zen Buddhist monk. And his quote is the opposite of what you know is also true. Mm -hmm. And that kind of opened me up to, I only know a very small amount based on what those who taught me knew 
from people who taught them. So my knowledge base is so small. And when I started exploring so many other things in the world and starting to travel, I was like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) just crazy. Amazing. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about the book you're, you're working on and Mm -hmm. Then I also want to get into the the self-worth coaching, because I think that is really powerful, especially for young women, uh, older women too, but for young women to come to that at a young age and own who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, okay. So the first part of the book, it's called The Age of Love. It basically, it basically, um, for me, like, I feel like I have had two main journeys. The first journey was like that of an awakening that changed my, my health and how I saw that kind of thing, how I saw the world, how I saw what was going on in the world. Um, and it really woke me up on that level. Um, and the second, and that was really about power and like owning my power. And then the second journey was when I turned 30, which was about love. And it was really about a deeper kind of um, inquiry into love and what love meant and what it means, what it meant to me, um, what it means to other people, why we're all so fascinated with this subject. And so the second book is really about my journey to love and to learning what that is. And I initially thought that that was a a journey I was quite naive at the beginning and I really thought it was just a journey of me meeting that person that I'm meant to be with um so I went into it in that sense like oh I'm gonna meet someone and now I'm gonna work on myself to become the to become the person I need to be in order to receive love and have love and what I realized is is like it doesn't work that way you can't you can't go out like seeking for the love you have to become the love um so the book is about my journey. So it's, it talks about abandonment wounds. It talks about attachment styles. It talks about like the triggers that you get when you're in, you know, in something romantic and there's just stuff coming up and you just can't hide from it because you have that person there and they're a mirror and they're going to show you all the things that you are unconscious of. They are going to show it to you and it's not pretty. Um, so that's basically the story. Um, and so it's really like with a question of, well, does she find love? Um, and so that's what I'm working on at the minute. Oh, I love it. That's a, that's great. So let's talk about the self-worth because I think that ties in nicely with that mm-hmm. book and coming to that. And I've always used the term self-love and I came across Annie Gaspadin. She's on Insight Timer as well. And she really loves self-acceptance because she Mm -hmm. said, you know, accepting who you are and all of that is easier to put your brain around than saying, I love you and and Mm -hmm. going there. So let's talk about how you work with the the self-worth because I love that word too. Yeah, sure. Well, I will always say, uh, you know, to a lot of my clients or people that I work with, I'm like, you know, it's about all the selves, right? At the end of the day, you know, we've got the self-love and we've got the self-acceptance and we've got the self-worth and we've got all of them and they're all important, right? And we need to be doing all of them, but they all have one thing in common, which at the front of it, it says self. So it's all about you essentially, right? (laughs) Yes. So the the thing for self-worth actually came in, it was a little bit later 
in my work that I started to kind of realize that self-worth was something that was at play. So I had been coaching, you know, coaching people and working with, you know, women and men and really just started to recognize that the thing that they all had in common, like the reason why they didn't have their dream life or their dream partner or their dream house or their dream job or whatever it was that they were, was their desire. The reason they didn't have it is because they didn't believe that they were worthy and deserving of it. That was the ultimate, that was the ultimate statement. And the journey they had to go through was not to believe that they could do that big thing, like run a yoga retreat or something like this and sell it out. It wasn't that. It was that they had to actually match the inside. Like, so if I don't feel like I'm worthy of doing that or I don't feel like I'm deserving of that, it's going to be really hard for my outside world to give me something I internally don't believe in. Mm. Um, and so that was really where the self-worth piece started to come through. And I was like, you know, it's it it needs to be spoken about more that that it needs to match up inside and outside worlds will match up. Um, but only to the degree that you feel that worth inside and to, to the degree that you feel that you're valuable. Mm, yes. And I think so many times that we don't even realize the conversation that's going on in our brain because our brain is talking all the time and it's telling us stuff that we would never say to other human beings. <laughs> And it speaks to that that piece of the the self worth, the self love, yeah. the self acceptance. So, how does one go about either letting go or healing those? Those are deep traumas. Yeah. A lot of those. Yeah, yeah, there really are. I think you know, for me, what I would say it comes from really looking at what scripts you're playing. So you already said, you know, a lot of the time there's stuff going on in your mind that you're saying to yourself that you would never say to another human being. Like you wouldn't say that to someone that you loved or cared about, um, but you'll say it to yourself. So one of the things that I do with my clients is we work with a tool where I, which I call rewriting the script. So basically whatever script it is that you have playing in your head which is saying to you, you're not good enough or you don't deserve this or he's never going to love you or whatever it is, you're not thin enough, tall enough, whatever that, whatever it is that you've got in your head that you're playing, you have to rewrite that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the key ways to really build self-worth is to rewrite these scripts that we have in our head. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Do you... Do you think that journaling is a great way to do that? I love journaling. A lot of times it is just kind of releasing some stuff. Sometimes it's a creative idea, but I absolutely love journaling. What What are your thoughts on it? Oh, I love journaling. It's one of my, you know, I refer to it as well as writing therapy. I think that it is really powerful. It's, uh, yeah, for anyone that works with me, anyone in my group coaching, anyone that comes to a workshop, they're like, yeah, fab, yeah. She's all about the journaling because I'm like, you must be here. You must have pen and paper because, you know, I think having someone ask you questions and you sit there and you journal that and you write it down, it's just so therapeutic. Um, and you know, I have a a practice that is called morning pages, which is where you journal, um, three pages of just freehand. And so the idea is, is literally, as you said, to just release, Mm 
Mm -hmm. um, any other thoughts that you've got in your head. And it's just a wonderful way of being able to create that emotional regulation. So a lot of the time, like we can be really, you know, like out of balance and out of sync, but coming to the page and sitting down and writing, that just, that just does wonders. It really, really does wonders. But yes. a lot of the time people have a lot of resistance to the writing in the first place. So that would be the first hurdle. Less about what am I going to write, more about can you just sit there with a cup of tea and a pen and paper and just say whatever's on your mind. What I do is I just do a little quiet time and I play music. And then that's when I pick up my journal and then I just, whatever I'm feeling, I go ahead and just let that out. And sometimes it's beautiful stuff. Sometimes it's emotions that I'm struggling with. It's, it's almost like therapy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So I have a, for anyone that's listening, it's like, oh, I want to try a therapy. I want to try, you know, journaling. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to do it. If you want to get in touch with me um, at some point, um, and I'm sure we can put this in the show notes or something like that, but I have a, a journaling and writing therapy workbook, um, which basically explains like how to do it. So yeah, for anyone listening, then obviously, you know, feel free to take that workbook and get that kind of entry, open the door into journaling um, and start. Okay. So how, how would someone get in contact with you? Let's say they want to reach out yeah, so um, the best way for people to connect with me is um, email. So you can email me at hello at com, or you can find me on my website. So on my website, I have details about my coaching, what offerings I have. So you can go to Um And you can also find me on Instagram and Insight Timer. Um, and you can just search my name under there and you will find me on both those places as well. Yes. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the course you have right now going on on Insight Timer because I'm love is a word to me that just it means ev literally everything. I think if we could all be love and come from a place of love, the world would be a beautiful place. <laughs> But we have to learn to love our, ourselves first, which can be challenging because we come with stuff. So why did you pick the topic? Okay, so this is a really interesting one, actually. What had happened is I, I, had, um, I had started with Insight Timer. This is, gosh, 2016, I guess, like four years ago. Yeah, I guess about then, maybe a little longer. Um, and it was around that sort of time. And I was looking to put together a course. And I was like, hey, I really want to put this course together. And I was pitching to them what course I wanted to put together. And they were like, yeah, no, that's great. We have a lot of those. And um, they were like, you're working on a love book. Why don't you, why don't you do, why don't you do that? And I was like, Oh no, like I was at that point, I was like, no, this is precious. Like it's not ready yet. Like I'm not, I'm not ready to give that to the world yet. And they were like, no, like we'd really love something on love, you know, that, that would really work well for us. And I was like, okay, well, um, I can think about it. And I, I came away from it. I was like, I just don't know if it's ready yet. Um, and then I gave it some thought and I was like, well, you know, why, when else will it be ready? If not now, when? And so I thought, okay, let's go ahead. And um, at that point, it had only been, um, I guess, it wasn't that it was so um, 
it wasn't that it was like so in the infancy of the journey but it just felt to me that I hadn't kind of amalgamated all those teachings like I hadn't even kind of like pulled them together for my own self yet so anyway I went ahead and was like okay let's do this and I started to think about well what would I deliver on love and for me it was like well really it's just this journey of learning how to love Mm -hmm. um as you had said before you know we grow up with parents and caretakers and family members and you know these people are all doing their absolute best to raise us in the best way that they know how but that doesn't necessarily mean that they knew all the answers of how to raise you in the most loving way or how to teach you how to love in the best way possible. And I feel really blessed because I had, my mom was absolutely amazing and probably one of the most like loving people ever. She, from a very small age made like me and my sisters, we all had to like kiss each other good morning and good night and things like this. And she really instigated a lot of love. So I have a very loving family I also have my traumas and dramas as well um but my mum really instigated that feeling of love for us and so for me I was like yeah I think it's about how do we learn really how to love how do we learn how to be in a relationship how do we learn what we want in love what's our desire to 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 you know meet a partner and what does it look like and so the journey on insight timer is a 10-day course and it's basically around a lot of the things that I discovered when I was on my journey to love so it talks about attachment work, attachment styles it talks about uh it talks about attachment styles it talks about love languages it talks about releasing wounds uh it talks about you know really having um set like a ceremony to get rid of all of those things that you've been feeling uh what is love and really contemplating that putting together a kind of um lists for what it is that you're looking for from love so it's kind of a whole it's a full spectrum journey and it can be done if you're single or married or in a relationship it it really doesn't matter the journey is not specifically for someone that's single or you know it's for for everyone right right because it it's more about discovering you and how you love and what you need in yes under love right yeah, absolutely. And that's the first. So day one really is about what is love. Yeah. And that's about defining what that is for you. Like, What does that mean? Because we say this word love, but that could mean so many different things to so many different people. Uh, love languages is also like a great way. So Gary, Dr. Gary Chapman brought those around and he um, discovered that in his practice where he would have families come in, couples come in and be like, you know, I just feel like my partner really doesn't love me. And then they would talk about what ways they would feel more loved. And he discovered that there were five main love languages. And so it's just, it's fascinating. There's so much stuff out there, but yeah, it's really, it's really a deep inquiry into who do you want to be in love? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you want to love yourself? How do you want to show that love to yourself? And how do you want others to show it to you? Because the more awareness you can have around that, the more that one, you know how to how to receive that for yourself. And two, you also know how to direct your partner. Like if you have one or you're looking for one, you can direct them to that. You can say, well, actually for me, this would work. And you have the answer already. They don't have to kind of scratch their head and think, I don't know what to do for the, this person. You yes. know, you can give them the answers. Yes, yes. And that is amazing when you can share that. Uh, and 
as you were talking, something popped into my head. I love that you combine several teachings. So like the love languages, the attachment styles, like I've read a lot of those books and you really kind of bring it all into one simple, and I'm not going to say simple, one course. Yeah. Hard work has, you know, anytime you go inside, it's just it's hard work, and, but you're doing it for all the right reasons. I think the love language is so important, how you feel love, because it can be the complete opposite of your partner. And if you don't know how to communicate that, it's a struggle. Yeah. And as well, if you don't have that knowledge, so I think, you know, I love that you had said that, you know, that I had brought all these different things in. And for me, when I was on that journey of love where I like dedicated a whole year of my life to just learning about love, this was one of the things that fascinated me. I was like, you know, we have attachment styles, we have love languages, we have apology languages, we have all of this stuff out there. But hold on a second. Why doesn't anyone know about it? Like, I'm sure people do know, but they don't know, like, it's not basic terminology necessarily that everybody just knows, oh, yeah, I know about attachment styles. And yes, I know about it. Like, it's not really fully, fully out there. So for me, I wanted to put a love course together that was less about, okay, let me manifest my my soulmate in eight weeks. It was more about how <laughs> do we learn the tools that are going to last you a lifetime that are going to help you in every relationship, not just your romantic ones. Yes, yes. Okay, so as you're going through all of this, what did you learn about yourself? Was there anything where you were like, oh, wow. <laughs> yes, there was. <laughs> um, so for me, attachment styles was the one, was the thing that blew my mind the most. So attachment styles, there's three of them. You can either be secure, which is basically what it says on the tin. You feel secure in relationships. Or there's uh, anxious, which is what I am. So feeling a sense of anxiety in your relationships, wondering if the person really loves you, if they really want to be with you. If, you know, feeling like that sense of just wanting to be really close to that person mm -hmm. and avoidant so that's the third one and avoidant is really the opposite to anxious meaning they really want their independence they really want to be by themselves and they're kind of almost a little bit like I'm gonna dip my toe in the water with this whole love thing but I'm not so sure so I'm gonna kind of <laughs> do a little bit of like back and forth and so for me yeah the biggest eye-opener was these attachment styles and recognizing that I had an anxious attachment style Mm. and that that was coming into play in every relationship I had ever had. And when I did like a what I call a relationship inventory and I checked back over all of my relationships, I realised that I was constantly attracting avoidant partners. Mm. So when this happens, you have this kind of tug of war and it really doesn't, it doesn't really serve both people very well because one person's fighting for independence and one person is fighting for a lot of love and a lot of like quality time and a lot of togetherness, which yeah, togetherness and independence don't really go hand in hand. right? <laughs> so for me, yeah, that was the biggest eye opener. And I was like, wow, okay. Now I know this about myself and I can work on that. I can work to become more secure. I can understand where this will have come from and why I had it. 
and yeah how it's impacting my relationships how it impacts me and what I can do for the future to to navigate that better yes yes and I I love books and and things that teach us a little something about ourselves or how we are showing up and that was that was one that I did too and I also was anxious when I did the testing and it was so helpful to be able to when you're having those moments with yourself and starting the stories in your own head uh-huh. to know that that's this is just a product of where you've been how, what you've been taught how you felt in moments so look at what it really is is this really what you're is this really happening or is this just some stories from something back here that you're telling yourself? Yes, that was I, wonderful. That's why I'm like, I love that you put those all together because they're so beneficial yeah. to know. Yeah. And the thing is, it's, it's interesting because many of the clients that I serve and that I work with have anxious attachment styles. So it's really wonderful. They usually have anxious attachment styles. They've usually got abandonment wounds. And so, you know, they just really want to be loved. And like, I can resonate with that because I, that was how I had felt, you know, like I was just like, I just really want someone to love me and I want to give love and I want to receive it. Um, but until I had done the work, I didn't know how. And so having those things, it's, it's great because it creates the awareness of, okay, how do I move past those? How do I become more secure? How do I become someone that I want to be in a relationship? Yes. The other thing I like about your course is you ask questions at the end, you know, each one kind of make you reflect a little bit, think about. It's fantastic. So if anybody's on Insight Timer or you're not on Insight Timer and I don't make any money (laughs) from Insight Timer, I just love sharing. If I find something that has been beneficial for me, I love sharing it. And that's when I found you. I was like, okay, I've got to connect with her and share what she's doing because it's so important for young women to understand the self-worth piece. So as we were talking, I was like, I get my daughter turns 27 and I was thinking, oh, I think I'm going to buy her a copy of your book so that she can kind of understand what's about to happen to her. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So many people are like, oh my God, I'm going to be 28. What does this mean for my life? You know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Well, do you have any, um, events or anything coming up or going on I know with COVID we're all kind of on lockdown and it makes it difficult to do things but what do you have going on that someone could connect and take part of yeah so I don't have a date for it yet but in the month of January I'm going to be running a manifesting your dreams workshop which is about vision boards and your desires and basically how to pull that all together for 2021 Even if there is a pandemic going on, we can still make our dreams come true. (laughs) That will be happening in in, um, January. And then in February, I have a workshop coming up as well, which is around love. I'm not sure of the date of that one. I think it might be the 17th of Feb. 
but that's with um, with a company called Nave, and they're really awesome. They do rural women uh, lectures, so it's all like rural women talk, um, and they do that. So I will be um, I'll be on there in in February talking about love, and then you know otherwise if you're just listening and you're like I want to talk about these things, then I'm always open to hear from people and chat with people and if you go on my website there's a link you can book and you can come and have a a chat with me um and we can talk more about this stuff there i love it thank you well i think this is a good place to kind of wrap up and say thank you so much for coming on i know this is the end of your day and it's been a long one for you and my day is just starting (laughs) so um thank you for taking the time to come on and share knowledge and wisdom with me and the curiosity junkie audience i really appreciate it oh thank you so much for having me cassie it's been a pleasure and i've loved chatting with you oh fantastic i will definitely put all of the links to websites anyway to connect i always put everything in the um description notes so that will all be there for everyone And to all of you, thank you for tuning in, listening. Stay safe, stay curious, and I will see you soon.